something to remember and to recognize the years together. This past week, we've listened to our news very carefully. Nations have been gathering together for one purpose, and that is to try to help one another economically. Apparently not all was accomplished that would hope to be accomplished. Some things was accomplished, but I understand that of us that are down low on the totem pole will not see the effects of it for considerable time yet. But as I meditated on the situation and listened to the news, I wondered if perhaps the people are not losing sight of something. Losing sight of God's plan in all of this. And I'm not wise enough to tell you from the standpoint exactly how everything falls together. But I do believe, brethren, that things are not smoothing out. As far as I get the feeling that people say, well, the nations are getting together now, they're getting along. Isn't it wonderful? Yes, it is. I have to admit that. I need to admit that. There's nothing greater in the sight of God than to look down and see that His people are getting along. But I do feel that we need not to lose sight of God's plan. Even Russia, did you know that even Russia was in Japan? Calling one another friend. And Russia's looking forward to the day when she can be a part of this unity that took place in Japan. Although Russia was there for handout, she knew where to go. She got most of it. The other nations, United States included, seemingly are at peace with one another. Let's look at Zephaniah, the third chapter. Zephaniah, the third chapter. And we see what the Lord's plan for the nations is. In the eighth verse of Zephaniah, the third chapter, God says, Therefore wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I will rise up to the prey for my determination. Notice that my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms 
to pour upon them mine indignation. Even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Now I don't know, as I told you, how that the, this peaceful coexistence is working toward this end. I believe God's word. And somehow, the Lord is using this and will use this to bring about the climax of this world's history as we know it. And I hope that we will not begin to settle back in our easy chair, as it were, and to think that things are couldn't be better as far as the end time is concerned our future is concerned because nations are getting along we don't hear too much of global war anymore although there are war in various places and I'm not trying to minimize that And perhaps I'll speak and bring that in a little later on in my thought this morning. But I want to remind us, brethren, as a church, God said it is my determination to bring these nations together because I am tired of the sin and the corruption that's in the lives of people. God is a patient God. But even God's patience wears out, comes to an end. We've seen that demonstrated time after time in the life of Israel. God told Israel, you're my precious people. You're my beloved. But when Israel turned against the Lord, the Lord put up with it for Various periods of time. But his patience wore out. And he punished Israel. And brethren, he's going to punish the wicked that's in the world today. His patience is not everlasting. In the book of Joel, Joel more or less speaks about the same thing. In Joel, the third chapter, the prophet Joel was privileged to look down in time and to speak of various things that would transpire. In the first verse, he says, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. See, he's talking about the time when he's going to bring back the captivity. And God has done that. Israel has a home. They don't have all the land yet. 
that they can call home, but they have a home. And I do believe that there's other events that will transpire yet before the coming of the Lord. And I'm not trying to grant you more time if you have not accepted the Lord this morning. I'm not trying to give you extra time to make up your mind. Life is precious. And we know not if we're going to live beyond this very moment or not. And you need to give serious consideration to your future if you're living for the Lord. But nevertheless, if we understand prophecy correctly, there's still going to be something that will happen yet in the Middle East that Israel will get all the land back that was promised to Abraham and his descendants. They don't have it as yet. And so the prophet Joel says after that captivity in the second verse he said I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. He tells us where he's going to bring nations down to the valley of Jehoshaphat which is just outside of Jerusalem and we could turn to other scriptures which tell us that at that time that even Jerusalem half of the city will go into captivity and it tells us the fierceness of the battle the women will be ravished and will go and Christ will come in the midst of that battle God tells us in 1 Thessalonians, he said, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. He's talking about death there, yes. But I do not believe it's been violence to the Scriptures when we can apply that to, to other thoughts of the Bible. God doesn't want us to be in ignorance. He hasn't given us every detail, no. But He's given us enough that we can understand to some extent what the future holds as far as the history of this world and the nations are. They need to be concerned about it. Now if God is going to gather all the nations down into this one area, how is He going to do it? The Bible even tells us how He's going to do it. In Revelation the 16th chapter. In Revelation, the 16th chapter, beginning with the 13th verse, he said, And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, that came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth into the kings of the earth. And the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. And the 16th verse. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. To imagine 
God using something evil to accomplish his purpose. It's hard for us to understand that, but yet that's what the scripture says. And as we look at other scriptures, we should not be bothered too much with this thought because of various instances God has used, has used wicked people to serve his purpose. Not for the manner of salvation, but God has used wicked people to accomplish his purpose. There's been purposes when he wanted his people punished and so he reached out here and he brought these wicked kings down and they conquered Israel, they punished Israel, they served the purpose of God. There's been other times that we could mention. And so here, God doesn't use his Holy Spirit but he uses the very evil spirit that the people are following, are a part of, and he uses that bring nations down to this area in which he's going to pour out his wrath of them. And he says he's going to be glorified in the right. Not that they're going to accept him. Not that they're going to glorify him. But he's going to prove to them that I am God. I am the creator that you have refused. He's going to show that he's the all-powerful one. And so God is going to use the evil spirit. These evil spirits, rather there's three of them. And he's going to use them to bring the nations down to the battle of Armageddon. Armageddon is taken from two words, Midigal and Midigan, which again is a valley out just outside of Jerusalem. Has been the battleground down through history, and God is going to use that area once again for a purpose as the climax of the history of the world comes to a close. As I said, we're living in a time when we're preparing for peace. It somewhat, I don't know just what word to use, uh, um, um, amazed that in my lifetime I don't know how long I've heard the word this government of ours is spending too much they ought to live within the means they ought to live the way I live I have to live within my means and so we say that our government should do the same thing when the government begins to cut back and close various bases no 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 you close that base over there, but don't you touch ours. No, I'm, I'm not standing here with a feeling of, of, of selfishness, but brethren, if we want the government to live within its means, then let us let it. 
But I'm, I'm amazed. People want the government to cut back, but they don't want it, the government to touch them. And from the human standpoint, I can understand that. I can understand that. But if the government doesn't close in the bases, doesn't cut back, how are they going to live within their means? But still, getting back to our thought, this government is closing bases. They're closing down their, their, their factories that have build war materials for I was going to say centuries, but maybe quite, not quite that long. For a number of years, they're cutting back. But yet, what does Joel, the third chapter, say? Joel, the third chapter. Joel, the third chapter, and verses 9 and 10. God says, proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, not Israel. Proclaim this ye among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords. We're not doing that too much today. We're not doing that too much today. So people says peaceful coexistence. The world is getting a better place to live in as far as peace is concerned. But Joel says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, now notice this, let the weak say, I am strong. Did you ever notice, it doesn't seem there's been ever a time in the world's history and these tiny nations has told Russia, United States, you tend to your own business. You can't tell us what to do. Let the weak say, I am strong. And that's what they're doing. But yet it's going by the people's minds and their attention unnoticed. But it's prophecy being fulfilled. God says that's what they will say. And at the same time, they'll prepare war. I don't know how much longer we have as far as time is concerned. I'm not sitting in time. I've never propagated or preached a set time. Man knows not the day or the hour in which the Lord will come. There has been men who have set time, and just the very moment they have heard that they've set the time, I said, oh, cooly. That's how it affected me. Another time set, another time setter. Even Jesus himself doesn't know. Do you know there's, there's a church that's saying now that Jesus knows when he's going to come? And it's a Sabbath-keeping church. Jesus knows now when he's going to come. 
But my Bible says that the Son of Man knows not. And I have to believe that. I just don't think that the Father will tell the Son until the moment comes and he says, well, Son, now's the time. Go. And Jesus will not know until that moment when he's going to come back to this earth. So as I say, I don't know how much time that the, this world has, but it seems to me if the nations draw back into a peaceful coexistence, there's coming a time when they'll awaken and again beat their plowshares into swords. If they will ever pull back to that extent, I don't know, maybe a little bit all, all along the way, they will continue to prepare for the unknown. I don't know. I'm not that much of a historian nor a politician, neither do I want to be. But God said he's coming and he, before he comes, he's going to bring the nations down to the battle of Armageddon to pour upon them his wrath. Let's turn to Ezekiel, the, the 38th chapter. Ezekiel, the 38th chapter. Here's a chapter that the church of God has used for even longer than my lifetime. And now some is beginning to question the teaching of this. In Ezekiel 38 and verse 2, it says, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. We have preached down through the Time, as far as my time is concerned, that Gog represents Russia. And it seems that when communism, excuse me, came to its end, supposedly came to its end, the question was raised, now how are those prophesiers going to say now since communism has come to its end. Well, brethren, frankly speaking, I am not sure that communism has come to its end. I receive a report twice a month there's other reports besides this one that I get, but this just happened to be the one that I get, the Kippinger's letter. And he has stated more than once, he says, communism is stand, still standing in the shadows. Still standing in the shadows. He doesn't say he will rise. He's not, as far as I know, a religious man. He's a political writer. But he recognizes that communism is not dead. And I do not believe that communism is dead per se.
And God said to Gog, he said, I will turn thee back. Now, just when this took, takes place, we'll have to perhaps wait and see. Some, some uh, uh, have, have interpreted the, the, the uh, uh, was it the First or Second World War that Russia started, and all at once she stopped and withdrew. They, they felt that that's possibly the interpretation. But I'd like to throw another thought out. And I'm not advocating this. I'm just throwing it out for your consideration. Could we be living in the time when he's turning her back? Communism seems, seems to be dead. She's having a great struggle as far as finances are concerned. She can't do anything right at this present time. Financial or otherwise. I don't know if that could be the fulfillment of this. I don't know. But I do believe the rest of it. He said, I will put hooks into thy jaws and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company, with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Where is the Lord going to bring her? He says in, after, in verse 8, He says, And after many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. What is the land is he talking about? Israel. He said, I'm going to bring you down into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people. And it doesn't take any, it's not my interpretation. He says, against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is, in other words, Israel is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Russia is going to come down at a time when Israel is dwelling safely, and Israel today is not dwelling safely. As I said, there's a, I do believe, according to the scriptures, Obadiah and others, that there's going to be another war in the Middle East between the descendants of Abraham. And they're going, Israel is going to be victorious. And she's going to get her land back and then she's going to lay down her armor. She's going to feel, she's going to be at rest because her, in, her, her immediate enemies has been destroyed. And so he says, all of them dwelling safely. In verse 9, it says, Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass at the same time, shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. Thou shalt think an evil thought. 
Again, I want to emphasize, I don't consider to be a prophet. But I like to think about these things. I like to dwell upon them, listen to other people. Did you ever stop to consider that the very things that's going on right at this time could bring this about? At this time, Russia stands in the need of financial help, and she's getting it to a large degree, but not enough. But not enough. Sometime in the future, did you ever stop and think that perhaps Russia will say, boy, they're just not giving us enough what we want, and let's go get it. And so she comes down into that area to take a spoil, to take a prey. There'll be nations that'll oppose her. Yes, it says on here, if you'll just read on down. They'll ask, are you coming down to take a spoil, to take a prey? Yes, that's the purpose and reason she's coming down. But the Russian people are, I'm not saying starving to death, but they're having a very hard time. Perhaps I'll share something with you. There was a time when I wanted to go to to Russia to talk to the some Sabbath keepers there. Just talk about their history and how they fared on the communists. I just thought it'd be interesting to do that. But I've been told from two direct sources it's not safe to go there. We have quite a Russian gathering in Portland, Oregon. Did I say something wrong? Settlement? Well, what did I Oh, no, I must have said something wrong. Thank you, Han, for correcting me. They, they come to our church there in Portland. They come directly from Russia. They knew that I wanted, or they heard, because I was directed to them by Victor Burford as, as someone to contact. And so I wrote to them, they can't understand English too much yet, and the lady, the wife of the pastor there has been a great help to me in going, being the go-between between us. And they told her, she, they said, tell Brother Walker not to go, it's not safe. They said that even policemen, they didn't use the word capture, but they'll hold you and demand. You pay them a high price before they will release you. They would do that to their own people. Not and What do you think they would do to a foreigner if they caught him out alone? They said, unless you have someone that understands English, that will be there when you get there, that will be with you almost every minute of your traveling in Russia, it's not safe to go there. What I'm trying to emphasize is there is great unrest in Russia. Things are not peaceful. 
They're not satisfied. And so it seems to me that God could use, could, could use this very thing to accomplish his purpose. When the time comes, they will think an evil thought. And in verse 11, you'll notice that it will come down again to the land of unwalled villages. Go to them that are at rest, speaking of Israel, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and without bars nor gates. You put up bars and gates for protection to keep people out. Apparently it's a time when Israel's not doing that any longer. And she's going to think an evil thought. Now don't go leave the building today and say that Brother Walker prophesied that these things are going to come to pass. I'm throwing them out for us to think about and to consider. Because whether we interpret this correctly or not, it is going to come to pass. And we need to watch events. We need to be aware that God still has a plan for the nations of this world. And that we're not going to live too long in a peaceful coexistence. My closing text, 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Here's a thought here that we need to keep in mind. 1 Thessalonians 5. Beginning with the first verse, he says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. See, God doesn't want us to be in ignorance. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Unexpected. For when they shall say, notice now, when they shall say, peace and safety, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travaileth upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. See, people are going to say, oh, we're getting along. We really understand one another now. We trust one another. When that time is ripe, then God is going to move then God is going to move. I don't think necessarily, most of these are just my thoughts, I don't think necessarily that God is going to move when we first hear the word peace and safety. Somehow I just sort of have the feeling that somewhere in the heart of that time when they say peace and safety, God is going to move them. God is going to move and he's going to bring everything together. The question I want to leave with you this morning, are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? I hope you are. If not, accept him today, will you? God bless you.